You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Friday, November 12th. We are 48-ish hours, less than 48 hours away from the Buffalo Bills traveling down to New Jersey to play the New York Jets. Big game for the Bills. Big game for Bills Mafia. Hoping to wash the taste out of last week's loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars out of their mouths. I'm Matt Perino, joined as always by Ryan Talbot. This is the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Are you hosting a large party this weekend to watch the game? Check out Tops' huge selection of party platters for delicious, effortless, and affordable, no-stress way to impress. For complete details, stop by their carryout cafe or visit topsmarkets.com slash fantasy foodball. What's up, Mr. Talbot? Hey, not too much. Happy to be here on a Friday afternoon, talk some Bills Jets football. And, you know, I I think we can get started, Matt, with some pretty good news when you look at the status for the Bills players entering Sunday's game. Yeah, so the one piece of bad news, obviously, Tremaine Edmonds, and we'll get into him quite a bit and what that's going to look like without him at middle linebacker on Sunday. But Dawson Knox and Spencer Brown, and listen, this defense has been playing so well over the course of this season. I'm actually just about to put a story out after we get done here on the bills facing Mike white and what fans can expect. And if it's going to be more of the same, you know, since Mike white started, you know, it's been 398 yards last week. And I know uh, Josh Johnson played pretty well there as well, but 400 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals before that they had never gone over 300 yards in a game passing uh, the football with Zach, Zach Wilson. So this has been a different kind of feel in New York with their offense, you know, but the bills offense was invisible last week. And I think one of the big reasons why was some of the things they had to do up front, but most importantly to me, and and I want to start with Dawson Knox because I got some, some blowback on this yesterday. I put out an innocent tweet and as those usually go, the, the blowback tends to come, but Dawson Knox full practice today, Spencer Brown, full practice today. They're on track. But I said, you know, in a tweet yesterday, you know, Dawson Knox, if he is back 
I think that this bill and he's hundred percent, the hands feeling good. I think this bill's offense is going to take off. I think that the bill's offense missed him a lot more than anybody even realized they would with him out of the mix. I think a lot of people, including myself thought insert Tommy Sweeney into the mix. You kind of keep things going as they were. I mean, even the Tennessee game, 34, 31, Bills put up over 400 yards of offense. Things were still going pretty well in that game. And I think not having that dynamic playmaker and maybe in a lot of ways, he's crept up to the second most important pass catcher on this Bills depth chart. What do you think, Ryan? I think that's fair. And I'm surprised you got blowback for that. Listen, he hurt his hand in that Tennessee Titans game. And that took something away from the Bills passing attack. He was still able to pull off a trick play in, in that two point conversion. But you've seen the offense since then. They go into their bye, they come out of that, and they really struggle for the first half against the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, kudos to the Dolphins, real quick tip of the cap to them for their performance last night against Baltimore. Probably made Bills fans feel a little bit better about that second performance against Miami. But then last week, like you said, just an absolute dud without Knox out there. Knox does so much for this offense that I think maybe some fans don't realize. And in addition to being an additional pass catch for Josh Allen, he also opens things up, in my opinion, for Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, because you have to account for him. You have to know where he is. He is such a mismatch nightmare in terms of you can't put a linebacker on him because he's too athletic. And if you put a, a defensive back on him, he he has the strength to stiff arm him or, or to kind of break away from a player like that. So this is a major weapon that the Bills offense is getting back on Sunday. I just put my story up on things to watch, and, and I don't know how many Bills fans know this or football fans know this, but Dawson Knox is still tied for the NFL lead in touchdowns among tight ends despite missing these last few games. That's really impressive, and I think it goes to show the impact that he's made. And one of the things, areas that fans have been frustrated with the Bills and Brandon Bean in particular is they're, you know, kind of running it back with the same group up front. But one of the other things that there was frustration about in the offseason was, you know, just staying with the status quo and banking on Dawson Knox's development. Well, that's starting to look like that was an absolute right decision by Brandon Bean to not invest money, draft capital to try to go out and get a big time playmaker. And, you know, Zach Ertz, I, I know that it was last week without Kyler Murray. He had that one really good game with Arizona, but it's not so much that Zach Ertz is a bad idea. It's just what he costs. And the bills are up against it right now. It's what a big reason why they couldn't go out and claim an Odell Beckham jr. Even if they wanted to, because it would have cost them seven and a half million dollars. They don't have it. And so when you're, when you put together this kind of roster, you have to really make sure that you're spending wisely. And I think, that's one area, at the very least, you could say Brandon did a good job. Oh, absolutely. And listen, if they had pursued or, or traded for Zach Ertz, that would have taken Dawson Knox off the field uh, a little bit early in the season where when we all saw that breakout performance week after week, catching the touchdown passes, making big plays, the performance against the Chiefs obviously stands out. Obviously, Ertz would have been welcomed post-injury in, in terms of helping this offense go a little bit more than maybe Tommy Sweeney did. But yeah, you know, th this coaching staff, this front office, they, they have a general feel for these players, especially the offensive weapons, uh, where they are when they're coming along. And they knew that Knox was on the verge of a breakout this year, and, and he's looked the part. So just having him back on, on Sunday, I think, is such a huge deal for this Bills offense. Uh, especially going up against the New York Jets defense that early in the year, they were playing a pretty good brand of football, uh, pretty strong play in my opinion. But then in these last two weeks, 
uh, 31 points in their win that they let up against Cincinnati, obviously. Uh, and then they also uh, put up quite a few, you know, allowed quite a few points to the Colts last week. So the Bills are going to have opportunities and, and having a full arsenal of weapons for Josh Allen is going to really help them out. I doubt the Bills are looking past the Jets or the Colts to the Saints. I mean, th- this is a team that has got to kind of like dial in now. And, and you know, they do a good job of that, you know, historically speaking. But obviously with a couple poor performances this season, I think focusing in on the week and the one the one week at a time mentality and refreshing that a little bit, I think is going to be important. But I want to ask you, Ryan. Are you looking past this week or next week at all? I mean, are you getting ready? Are you getting amped up for a trip down to New Orleans? Because I, I was starting to think about it. I think we should put a little wager together. I don't know what the what the actual like uh what we'll actually like do, but we should put together a wager where the loser or the winner gets to pick the brand of apple and at least three times on the trip. We gotta go and get apples, and they the other person has to eat the other person's crappy apple. I love it. I'm I'm all for it. Um, had a lot of commentary from some friends and family saying how much they enjoyed that banter back and forth. So uh, I think a lot of the Bills fans enjoyed that too. But so yes, you're on. We have to come up with uh, what that bet is. Definitely not overlooking these next uh, two matchups against the the Jets and then obviously the Colts. But really looking forward to Thanksgiving in New Orleans. That's for sure. Yes, and. Um... Thank you to John over on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, which John already did. We really appreciate you. Uh, Hit that subscribe button as well. Every time we go live, you will get a push notification. So you can come on in, listen to the show, and participate in the show. Uh, And and If you guys have questions, anything specific on this matchup that you want us to get into, let us know. And I want to shift gears. We covered the run game in pretty great detail the other day, but you mentioned Spencer Brown. He is likely going to play on Sunday. Uh, Sean McDermott said this morning that he wanted to see how he went through practice today. No injury designation. So it looks like it clears the way for him to return, which likely moves Daryl Williams inside, which likely probably puts Cody Ford back on the bench. And the only reason I say that is because that's where he was before last week. Uh, And I think that they got to make some changes based off last week. And I think if Mike Bucker's at that other spot, if he ends up being a left guard, he's on a short leash too. He's got to be better. And, and so I think that getting Spencer Brown back in the mix, I think that they can get a five that they can work with. I like some parts of the Jets defensive line. I think Quinn and Williams is a real force in the interior. And with how poorly they played on the inside last week, I'm sure he's licking his chops to kind of mm-hmm. get a chance to rush against some of those guys. But getting Spencer Brown back to me, he brings you mentioned it on the show the other night. He brings a physical uh you know presence, he brings a physical mindset and I think that they're going to need a little bat, bit, bit of that if they want to run the ball a little bit more more effectively. And so I think getting him back is kind of a big deal for this game. Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said about the attitude players bring to a, a unit and it's kind of what that John Feliciano Feliciano's role has been in terms of um, bringing that attitude, that mindset to this line. We've seen it from Spencer Brown in, in his rookie year where he reminds defensive players he's much bigger than them. He pushes players over. He finishes plays, uh, buries guys into the ground, little things that you just like to see. And, and I think he's going to help with the mentality of this offensive line coming off of a horrendous performance where they allowed over 20 pressures uh, against Jacksonville four of the five starters allowing five plus pressures and a sack. The only offensive lineman really playing a a solid game in that matchup was Mitch Moore. So having Brown back is huge. Uh, You mentioned it. It alleviates one of the issues on this team. And that was, that would be right guard. 
where you get Ford back to the bench, you kick Daryl Williams inside, and then all you really have to worry about, at least in, in terms of the unknown, I guess, is left guard and Ike Butker because he was pushed around quite a bit last week against Jacksonville. Uh, can he right the ship? Can he turn it around? Listen, they like this guy. They've had him here for years. He he started quite a few games uh, last year, and when he settled in, he, he played an okay brand of football. I mean, he, he wasn't an all-pro or anything like that, but he looked a lot better than what we saw last week against Jacksonville. So he is on a short leash. He needs to do a lot better. But this is huge. And Patty, I see in the comments, you said after your article on offensive line players available, do you think they make a move uh, if if things don't go well on Sunday? It's possible. I wouldn't be shocked if Brandon Bean's already called around on, on a lot of those players that I mentioned in the article, uh, many of which are coming off of pretty serious injuries. So you're, you're probably checking in with the agents in terms of the the rehabilitation process, how how far along they are. Just kind of keeping tabs because you never know when injuries are going to occur. You never know when your line's going to struggle. And if you could bring in a David DeCastro or uh, some of the other names, even even the, the lower tier names for depth, like a J.R. Sweezy, someone who's played quite a bit, DJ Fluker, uh, it, it certainly doesn't uh, hurt to kick the tires on players like that. More things on offense, and then we'll shift. shift. Whoa. Shift gears. <laughs> wow. Uh, we usually kind of keep a PG, PG 13 on this show. That was a little bit of a slip up. I apologize. We don't um, usually, usually do that to gears. Yeah, that that too. Um, <laughs> all right, Ryan Talbot, getting a little uh, a little snarky. I like it. Um, no, I want to I want to spend a little bit more time on the Bills offense before we change gears. I want to talk about Tremaine Edmonds, what the plan is going to be there. I want to talk about uh, Mike White, who I went back and watched him pretty much every snap of his. And I got some thoughts on that, but let's, let's stay on the offense. And first, before we get to maybe how we think Josh Allen and this passing game will get going, which I want, I want to bring that up. What do you think the plan is going to be at running back? Because right now we're sitting here. Zach Moss is still on Friday at four 30 in the NFL's concussion protocol. He was limited today out of a red non-contact Jersey. So he's progressing in a pretty nice way, but do you kind of be cautious with Zach Moss, maybe make him inactive this game and then activate somebody else, whether it be Matt Breida or even calling up Antonio Williams off the practice squad. Ryan, I shared this with you today. Uh, Buffalo Fanatics put out a, a little discussion post on Instagram, and I noticed that both um, Mario Addison and F.A. Obata were for the notion of inserting Antonio Williams. So obviously some 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 teammates maybe hoping that he can get a shot. We saw what he did against Miami last year and, and maybe the Bills look to shake it up because I do think if you're talking about run style, I don't know if Matt Breida's speed element is something that's going to crack this thing open. I wonder if downhill Antonio Williams physical brand of football is what maybe they might want to look more toward. Yeah, and and don't forget, friend of the show, Chad Michael Murray, also in support uh, of Antonio Williams getting in there. Uh, so I, I would actually love to see Antonio Williams get in there. You're, you're right. He's kind of like that one cut and go. He's the downhill guy. And mind you, it's a small sample size that game against Miami last year. But he, he hits the hole with decisiveness, something that we don't necessarily always see with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, that sometimes it, it's they're moving around a little bit, trying to shake someone. Uh, or, or do something a little bit different than just rather hit the hole and get those yards available. And that's what Williams did so well in that Week 17 performance. So uh, I am definitely interested in, in shaking things up in, in the running back room if, if possible on Sunday. But that being said, 
I still think that this is going to be a game where the Bills give the lion's share of the snaps to Devin Singletary to try mm-hmm. to get him into a groove, to get him into a rhythm, uh, something that we talked about on, on Wednesday's show. And even and even after Sunday's loss about how it, it's got to be tough for backs to ch- kind of be out there for uh, get five or six carries in a game. And then, you know, after your fourth carry, your fifth carry might not come for another two drives. And, and how do you really stay into a rhythm like that? How can you really be ready for those opportunities? I don't think a lot of people necessarily think about that. You always have to be ready, obviously, in the NFL when when your number's called. But I think it is tough. I think that when when running backs get into that rhythm, when they have that confidence after a big run, it helps them out. It helps them in terms of what they're seeing on the field in the, in the vision. So whether Moss is out there uh, and he clears the concussion protocol or it's Williams or it's Breida, uh, I think that this is going to be a game where Devin Singletary sees the bulk of the snaps. And I like that approach. I, I think that that's something that the Bills haven't really tr- really done the last two seasons since they drafted Zach Moss. It's always been kind of this 50-ish percent share between the two of them. And I think it's it'll be interesting to see maybe if Devin Singletary can have some success in this game, maybe they go to more of a you know one-back approach even when they have them both active. We'll see how that plays out. Offensively with the passing game, I, I, I'm very interested to see how the Bills attack the Jets this week because, you know, they're suspect. Their past defense is a bit suspect. I think that there's there's plays to be made, and I think this is a Bills offense that's going to be very motivated to get the ball out of Josh Allen's hands quickly, get the ball in, like, Stephon Diggs's hand, Emmanuel Sanders' hands quickly, and get back to what they were doing well. And I thought it was interesting. We were talking to Emmanuel Sanders on Thursday. He's always great every week. But, you know, getting into what the Bills have focused on this week it was about going back and finding, okay, where did we have our success? Focus in on that and then replicate that. And I think one of the big storylines all offseason was Josh Allen working on his inbreaker routes. And we haven't really seen that a lot over the last couple of weeks, especially, especially in that short to intermediate passing game. So I'd imagine Stefan Diggs is going to get the ball around the line of scrimmage quite a bit. He had some success in the fourth quarter last week with that. It seemed like things were starting to get going. There's a sloppy play penalties, sacks, get the ball in your guys' hands quickly and let them go to work. And Knox obviously being back will help. Yeah, listen, uh, the Jets will probably follow the same game plan that we've seen from a lot of teams, play the two deep safeties, take away that part of the field, take away the threat of Diggs and Sanders hurting you deep, and that's fine. But that's where a guy like Dawson Knox comes in. Yes, he can hurt you deep, but he can also hurt you in that intermediate area, that that soft area uh, in the middle of the field where now you have to account for him. It's, it's not Tommy Sweeney anymore, and that's not a knock again on Sweeney. It's just the difference in athleticism levels between Knox and Sweeney himself. So that opens things up and then you can have more of those quick hitters to Diggs, to Sanders, to Beasley and even Isaiah McKenzie, if you want to get him more involved, he had a nice uh, catch in in the previous uh, in the loss of the Jacksonville Jaguars where you got to see him a little bit too out of the slot. So I I think you're going to see again replicating some of the things that they did successfully. I really liked what Sanders said about, you know. When you lose a game like that, it's it's also a lesson. And, and can you learn from it and, and move forward from it? And listen, after a game like that, it better have been a lesson for this Bills team that they learned from or else it's going to be, uh, you know, a really long second half of the season based on the expectations that this team had and what they might end up looking like. So I think you're going to see a fired up offense that's coming off of some sloppy play, having some weapons back in both an offensive lineman and Brown and then a tight end in Knox. And that's also going to help open things up for these wide receivers. 
From hot to go pizza and appetizers, signature fried chicken, baby back ribs and subs to delicious salads and brownie trays, Tops has everything you need to feed the hungriest fan. Get the Tops today or this weekend. Set yourself up for the big game. All right, uh, let's let's switch things over. Tremaine Edmonds is going to be out officially. He's the only guy with that designation heading in to Sunday. And Sean McDermott basically said it's going to probably be A.J. Klein. He mentioned Tyrell Dotson as well. How much do you think, Ryan, the Bills lose with Tremaine Edmonds out? I think we all know what he brings, even more so from than his playmaking ability. It's It's, you know, he's got the headset. He's kind of giving out the defensive calls. They're, they're going to have to change some things, even though Micah Hyde said nothing really changes because Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde and Tredavious White, they're involved in that process. He's still the quarterback out there and not having him out there is going to hurt. But I, I think A.J. Klein, a veteran, a guy that's done it before, he played middle linebacker in, in New Orleans. I think that they'll be OK, especially considering the opponent. Yeah, listen, you're, you're obviously taking a step down in athleticism because there's not a lot of linebackers that are the size and the speed of a, of a Tremaine Edmonds that can move the way that he does and A.J. Klein can't. But there's things that Klein does very well. I think he's very good in run defense and in terms of uh, his discipline and what we've seen over his time in Buffalo. I, I think that he, the way they utilize him as a pass rusher is also going to come in handy against a guy like Mike White who might not... Um, see all the reads or, or he might miss some guys coming in um, in terms of, of post or pre-play telling players to look out for this guy, look out for that guy. I think that Klein can make an impact as a pass rusher in this game too. Now in coverage, he's obviously a step or two slower than Edmonds. He, he might have some trouble keeping up with some of those Jets players. And I'm sure that the, the Jets are going to make that a focal point of when he's on the field. Let's try to attack him. Let's challenge him. And it's going to be up to Klein to respond, whether that's making immediate tackles, uh, pass, uh, breaking up some of these passes, making some kind of play. It, it's going to loom large for him. And, and, you know, Dodson, I think, to a lesser extent, might come out on obvious passing downs if you're not going to rush with, with Klein and put him in coverage. He he actually showed some pretty good athleticism last year when he was on the field when when the Bills were – uh, down some linebackers. So I, I think he's going to have some opportunities maybe to make a few plays, but for the most part, I'm expecting Klein to see the majority of those reps. Um, Taron Johnson has been in the non-contact jersey uh, all week, but he's out of the concussion protocol officially today. He was full in practice. So the likelihood is, is that he lines up and plays, which is helpful because Elijah Moore, the rookie is starting to get really comfortable in recent weeks. And I think one of the big, you know, areas of success that Mike White had and Josh Johnson had is getting that guy involved a little bit more. They have Denzel Mims, obviously a, a guy that they really like there. Uh, Tyler Croft has been pretty solid for them as, as well. I think he's injured now. Um, but Elijah Moore is a guy that you really got to zero in on. And I think AJ Klein's going to be responsible in there. Matt Milano, Taryn Johnson, he's going to be somebody to keep an eye on. But let's get into Mike White a little bit before we give our predictions and wrap this thing up. You know, I went back and watched him and, you know, whenever somebody throws for 400 yards in this league, it's time to take notice and it's time to dive into this thing a little bit and wonder, all right, what's going on? Because I did see the funny headlines over the last 24 hours that Mike White said that if he was, if you were asking him, he thought he should have gone one overall. Uh, was it in 18? Was that his draft year? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Saying so uh, should have right, gone Mike. for Josh um, and Baker and. Yeah. Well, you know what? Who knows? Who knows with the way things are going in Cleveland? I know they had a nice game last week, uh, but all the questions around him, Baker Mayfield extension, maybe they should have taken Mike White. Throw a, throw a, throw a curveball, right? All right, calm down, Mike. Calm down, Mike White. 
Um, I'm excited to see what this looks like on Sunday because one of my big takeaways from this, watching him and diving into it a little bit, he gets the ball out ridiculously fast, which is great. Be decisive. See, see, see the receiver, throw the ball, make the play. Here's the problem. Against a defense like Buffalo, you not only have to see the receiver, but you ha- have to also see the defense pre-snap and, and be confident enough with your eyes what they're doing to go to that first read and make the play. And one of the big problems that they might run into is Mike White was a little bit... He was accurate in that game, 82% completion percentage, but some of those throws were really dangerous, popping up in the air. He did throw two interceptions. I I counted at least two more that could have been interceptions. And against this defense, an opportunistic defense that is third in the NFL in interceptions, second in the NFL in total takeaways, and first in the NFL as a team in turnover differential, you make mistakes and this team makes you pay. And I have a feeling that Mike, Mike White might be in store for a couple of mistakes on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think that's a good way of putting it. Listen, the Bills can kind of uh, sit on some of those routes, kind of what we saw last year in the regular season against Pittsburgh, uh, kind of like what we saw in some of these performances against Miami. They're going to kind of almost maybe dare him to go deep and and challenge those safeties and do some things where they're going to sit on routes. They're going to try to make breaks on plays break up plays, tip balls up into the air to create those turnovers, or just simply jump the routes, which we've seen those safeties and those cornerbacks do time after time. Mike White's, I said it was like a Cinderella story for him these first two weeks. He could make, he could be the third quarterback in NFL history to have a 100 plus passer rating in his first three starts if he does so against the Bills. Now, mind you, I mean, there's got to be a little bit of an asterisk considering he was only out there for a few series against the Colts, but he still finished with over 100 passer rating in that game and obviously against the Bengals too. But there were some throws that were there for the taking in that first game against uh, Cincinnati. And I think that there's going to be some throws that some players can make a break on uh, whether that's in the back, you know, in the secondary, most likely, but maybe even a Matt Milano comes up and makes a big play in the pass game. Um, some of those defensive linemen get their hands up because, like you said, he gets the ball out quickly. So this could be a game where uh, a Greg Rousseau really comes in handy in terms of he might not get after the quarterback. He might not be there but with that wingspan and that arm length. He might be able to bat some some balls at the line or tip some passes up into the air. Uh, I think this defensive line just needs to be disciplined enough to know that when he is passing, if, if you're not going to get there, you know, get those arms up, jump up in the air, try to make some plays in, in that regard and take advantage of a quarterback who now there is a little bit of film on him. Uh, I think that was a benefit to him in that first matchup against Cincinnati. We obviously don't know how it would have gone against the Colts had he played all four quarters. He had a nice little touchdown drive uh, after a little bit of a slow start uh, or slow opening drive. Uh, but, this is a game where I think the Bills defense who have played at a very high level, I think every game minus the Tennessee game to, to kind of uh, end that Cinderella story and turn it into a nightmare real quick for Mike White and the Jets. All right, Ryan prediction time. I am going with the Bills to bounce back in a big way. I'm going to go 31 to 10. The reason I'm going 31 to 10 is because I think that there's a chance in this game that the the Bills offense really gets right and and really puts up some points. But I think that they are going to put an emphasis on running the ball. And I I do think that they're going to try to, you know, get Devin Singletary going, probably run for more times than they have all season. 
And I just think Mike White struggles. I think that there could be the defensive touchdown in this game, maybe a special teams touchdown. Isaiah McKenzie, for me, has been close a couple times to breaking a big one. And I think that that could be something that comes into play here. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But I'm going Bills 31, New York Jets 10. I just don't believe in Mike White. I want, Like you always say, prove it to me. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I want to see if they can prove it to me on, on Sunday with Mike White. But we'll see. Listen, after two duds of a performance on offense, I, I jumped back and forth a little bit in my prediction, but I actually had the Bills going 34 points in this matchup. And Ooh. again, after that game against Jacksonville and, and the Bills really needing to get going in the second half against Miami, that's that's far from a sure thing. But I have the Bills winning and, and doubling up the Jets 34-17. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a pick six or, like you said, an Isaiah McKenzie return in this game that either goes for a touchdown or sets up the Bills for a score. Uh, I think with the return of Dawson Knox, it really does open things up for these receivers. And Knox himself wouldn't be shocked if Knox gets back into the end zone in his first game back. And I think that Spencer Brown is going to set the tone for that offensive line in in terms of protecting Josh Allen, uh, playing with that little bit of a mean streak, and maybe even opening things up in in the run game if the Bills try to get some things to the outside. If it's Matt Breida, for instance, uh, is that number two back or whoever it may be. But I think he's going to really come in and, and, and set the tone against this New York Jets defensive line. Whether you're celebrating at home or away this weekend, Tops has all your fan favorites ready to enjoy for football, entertaining, or any occasion. They have red delicious apples. Actually, the only apple that they sell uh, at Tops, which is why I love them so much. Um, I'm just kidding. I got to try a honey crisp. I said I'd do it before the show, but I didn't do it yet. I will get to it. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button as well. Heading down to New Jersey tomorrow. I'm going to take a little jump and a skip over to uh, the city. Uh, just to experience a little bit of it, because most of the time when you're going to see the Jets, you can't, you, you probably don't see the city that much because you're, you're staying in New Jersey. So I'm, I'm going to get over to the city for one day. Uh, I might even take in a Broadway show. We will see. But for Ryan Talbot, I am Matt Perino. We'll be back here on Sunday. Don't miss it. Post game. We'll see where we're at. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care.